Welcome everyone. Welcome to the Matter of the Heart, where we bring you heartfelt, educational, and positive stories, all to elevate your spirit. I'm your host, Carol Olivia, and always thank you so much for taking your time out to listen to the Matter of the Heart. Past lives. I'm sure we've all heard that expression, past lives. And some of you might believe in it, and some of you might not. Um, and, and what are their benefits? Um, or is it necessary to connect to, to uh, our past life? And can we, I had one get burned something, an energy from a past life that is no longer good for us now. Well, the guest of the show uh, on past lives is, is Wanda Buckner. She's the founder of Healing Energy Services. Wanda is a pet and people communicator. She's an energy healer psychic. She's a clairvoyant, hypnotherapist, holy fire Reiki healer and medium for pets and people. Welcome, Wanda. Welcome to the show. Hi, Carol. It's great to be with you today. Thank you, Wanda. Well, past lives, well, first of all, what does it mean to you with, with, the, uh, with your clients and your history with people? Past lives are interesting, I believe, because there is absolutely no proof that they ever existed or that they do exist. And yet people like myself read other people's past lives or as a hypnotherapist, someone may ask me to help them quote, remember their past life through a hypnotherapy experience. So when we talk about past lives, I'm not sure that we're actually talking about something that is real. On the other hand, I'm very sure that the concept is one that can be useful, which is how I think we should evaluate what we bring into our lives. I could give you an example. Mm -hmm. From my own life, I felt this heavy responsibility for other people. I felt that I was responsible for their well-being, for having the correct beliefs, for doing the right thing. And I want you to know that did not make me a pleasant person to be around. Instead, it was like I was always judging people or telling them what they should do or how they should do. But really, I did it from a good heart because I felt responsible for them. Mm -hmm. So a psychic reading my past lives saw me as a child in a time that was a hunter and gathering. And there was a this surface out of the front where my family was, which was sort of clay and dust with a little fire. And I was back, far back into a cave-like area where I could tuck myself in and I had gone to sleep and while I was sleeping another band had come through and massacred my family and when I woke up I went out to find them all dead and the psychic said that's why you feel responsible for everyone well through that story I could see that of course that child could not have saved her family. If she had been awake and run out there, she too would have been killed. But as it was, she was spared. 
And by seeing that the child was not responsible for their deaths, then I could see that I really wasn't responsible for the other people that I met, both socially or as family, that people really were responsible for themselves and they were on their own path in this life. Now, it may be that that past life was true, or it may also be that because I was raised in a religion which believed in a, a literal hell, fire, and damnation, and I had been told as a child that if I saw my neighbor's house burning, wouldn't I go and rescue them? Wouldn't I tell them so they could save themselves? And that's how we were to look at our religion and proselytizing others. We were to bring them to Jesus and to be saved so they wouldn't go and burn in hell. Now, I could see through the past life viewpoint, through having some distance to look at my childhood experience, and through being an adult, that truly I was not responsible for what other people believed or how they behaved or having the that my opinion was the right opinion on how the world should work. And so I was able to get some distance from it and let it go. As I said, realize that people are on their own path. In fact, one of the reasons I went into hypnotherapy is because of Milton Erickson. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book titled, um, My Voice Will Go With You. And the way he did hypnotherapy is he would meet with the client and take a history and understand what their issues were. And then he would compose a story that was not a mirror of the client's life, but there were some aspects that might be applicable to the client's life. And these carefully crafted stories he would tell to the client and the client because they could look at that story from a neutral perspective, could make their own conclusions about what that might affect it might have on their own life and make some decisions about how they might change their attitudes or beliefs. So for me, and in one sense, is the psychic looking at a past life or are we looking at elements within that person and seeing a story that informs them about their current life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now that's an interesting concept. Uh, so let's see, Miss uh, Swan. How would you uh, approach a, a child prodigy, a musician who can play, I don't know, Beethoven at five years old? It's a wonderful thing, and I'm totally willing to believe in past lives. And if that's how we want to explain it, mm -hmm. why not? Mm -hmm. Because you look also at the person who is um, autistic and they have, um, what is that word, where the, a savant, mm -hmm. where yeah. they have a special ability. Mm -hmm. Now, generally people don't say, oh, look, Beethoven has come through that person. And instead, there's a tendency to interpret that a different way. Mm -hmm. Is it a better interpretation? I don't think so. It's just a different interpretation. And, there, uh, and so I'm not really debating whether there are past lives or there are not past lives. Mm 
-hmm. because I think it's a really useful concept. I'll tell you about a horse I met. It was an extraordinary horse, magnificent, very, very large, and absolutely a delight to know. Mm -hmm. And this horse um, developed cancer. So the horse's human very much wanted to do what was the very best thing for this horse and had arranged really excellent veterinary assistance with it. And for a horse to be x-rayed, it's a big deal because not, you, know, you can't go to just your average veterinarian, they don't have that capacity. And to x-ray them, they need to um, be given an anesthesia so that uh, they will be asleep you know, during that process and they can move the x-ray machine around. And they gave this horse who was fighting all the way and they, they tried to give him enough to calm him down that he could be x-rayed and it just wasn't possible. They gave up. And the horse was really clear that he did not want surgery. I mean, really clear. And so time passes and the cancer progresses. And again, the human is told that the kindest thing to do for the horse would be to release it from life so that the horse would not experience great pain or difficulty or become a danger mm -hmm. to itself or to her. So she arranged for the veterinarian to come out. They gave the first shots, which are supposed to cause deep relaxation so truly the animal can go peacefully. Mm -hmm. But the horse never relaxed, never. And again, the veterinarian gave up. And the horse continued to live at least a year more. And on my last meeting with the horse, an infection had occurred. And truly this beautiful horse was losing the battle. Mm -hmm. And it was time for the final goodbye. And the horse was let go uh, by gunshot. Mm. Now I could see a past life where that horse was a war horse. That horse had fought in battle with their human and been injured and survived and lived to fight another day. And that was who the horse was at the very core of, of who that being was. And he would not die in any way except in battle. And he had, he had fought the enemy and he had lost. Mm -hmm. But he would live to fight again. And being able to see that life was comforting to the human who could understand what was going on and how it was from the horse's point of view and what a great privilege it had been for all of us who had known that horse. Mm. That was true bravery. Mm -hmm. So I think past lives are certainly possible. There are times when I read for someone and they will tell me, yes, another psychic saw that same past life. And I think, oh, well, then that gives me some that, yes, this could be true. And so I think my point here is that whether we believe in them or not, past lives are 
a, a useful concept that can help us when we try and understand our present world. So when I read past lives for people with their animals, I would always ask for a life that had something to do that could inform the life that the person was currently in. Because I think that that is what the usefulness is. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned animals, I'm curious. So do you uh, believe animals have past lives? Oh, absolutely. If, if people do, animals certainly right. do. Yes. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, I'm sure some of the listeners have had also experiences, um, Wanda, where they couldn't understand something. I, I, I still remember uh, when I was with my niece when she was extremely young, I don't know, seven years old, we went into a, uh, an antique store on the East Coast and she saw a, uh, a, an object there and she said, Aunt Carol, that's a, a, a perfume snuffer. I didn't know what it was. And certainly nobody showed her what it was. You know, so yeah. I couldn't help but wonder where did she, where did she know? How did she know it? Right. Absolutely, that's true. It is also true that there are times when past lives, um, perhaps they don't do us a positive favor. I talked to a person who told me that she had been Rembrandt in a past life, and it was interesting to hear her talk, and she based that on, she had seen herself uh, in a past life with a painting that she recognized as, as Rembrandt, and she was taking it off the easel. And so she was taking uh, some um, shine, like I have been an, a great artist in a past life kind of thing. When, Actually, she might have been the hired help who was moving the painting from the easel to the wall for Rembrandt instead of being Rembrandt. Mm. Or it might be that she looked at that life and said, well, I was an artist in that life. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be an artist in this life. And she was not being an artist and was ending up disappointing herself because she wasn't living up to her potential. Mm -hmm. So past lives can be used like genealogy. For instance, if someone traces back their ancestors and, and they're like, oh, I'm related to the queen, you know, distantly, but I'm related and this and this, and feels very proud of their genealogy and, and takes some um, personal credit for being related to the queen. And so somehow thinking that that makes them more special perhaps than someone else. When in actuality, we all have interesting genealogies. We have all been related to many different people in many different roles within this world. Mm -hmm. So it's not really something special or to think that we might not be um, living up to our, our full ability because we are no longer part of the royal family or we're not uh, connected with these relatives who have 
all of these wonderful titles. My perspective is that I think we have all been in many different roles in this life, sometimes in a high position, sometimes as a servant, sometimes as the judge, sometimes as the criminal, that we have tried out all these roles on earth and we'll try out many more. Mm -hmm. And it increases our understanding of who we are and what we are and our empathy and gives us a fuller uh, approach to being human. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, and do you feel some of us have uh, more past lives than others? I do not know. Mm -hmm. That's a concept that I have wondered about because you'll hear someone say, well, they must be an old soul. Mm -hmm. Well, aren't we all old souls? I mean, where do new souls come from? And perhaps they mean that this soul has more experience on earth than this other soul. Perhaps that's more what people are trying to say. I do think that there are more past lives than I would ever have time to explore in this life. Mm -hmm. And I think the life that is important is this life that we're in right now. So I have enough to do in this life without trying to go back and, and resolve other lives. Or, you know, I do appreciate when I can bring something forward that might help me in this life. Mm -hmm. But I wondered the other day, so if I look forward into future lives, five lives from now, and look back at my life right now, what would I gain from this life to bring forward to that? What am I learning here or experiencing here that would be useful to me in some future time ahead? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that helps me keep my, my focus on the life I'm living now, mm -hmm. to live the best life I can now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting because that's a, a whole unique perspective. I'm seeing a root of a tree, and that's the now, and then the branches are the future. Right. And we are the trunk in the present. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's fascinating. So uh, I'm also picking up if somebody has or connects to somebody who does hypnotherapy on them and talk to, me, to them about their past lives, I hate to say, I mean, it's going to depend a lot on the quality of the hypnotherapist. Well, not necessarily. It's doing past lives is a pretty common hypnotherapy training kind of thing. And because the hypnotherapist is not actually uh, like a psychic looks into the person and, and sees or or experiences the past life of that person. But a hypnotherapist guides the person to a deep state of hypnosis mm -hmm. and then has suggests to them that they can open a door or go down a passage mm -hmm. or whatever, and they will be at a past life. It's like, be there now. Mm. And then the therapist might ask, or 
guide to look down at your feet. Mm -hmm. What do you see? What are you aware of? What do you feel? And so then the person begins to describe mm -hmm. if they are barefoot, if they feel earth beneath their feet, if they are wearing shoes and what they look like. And the person who is uh, experiencing hypnotherapy mm -hmm. describes what is around them. And the hypnotherapist might guide them to move forward in time or backward in time or to the next uh, important event. So the like if you were my client, you would be describing all of those things as you saw them and experienced them in that lifetime. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. It's interesting, okay. huh? It's fascinating. Yeah. Really fascinating. So if you were going to tell the listeners, uh, Wanda Buckner, some wisdom out of this, you know, for our benefits, um, how would you approach it? Well, this is a story you have undoubtedly heard before. It's probably in the 1850s or so where um, a man comes upon a scene where there is a lot of uh, a big space cleared. They're clearly building something. There's a man with uh, sketches and diagrams and the observer goes up and asks him, what, what are you doing? And, and the man with all of these diagrams and sketches says, I'm building a temple. And the observer says, oh, yes, I see. And then the observer wanders a bit and comes to a man who is uh, pushing a wheelbarrow that is full of wet sand. And the observer asks him, and wh what are you doing? And he says, I'm building a temple because he's carrying the mortar for the bricks that will make the temple. And I think that's the perspective we need in our lives mm -hmm. is that we aren't just carrying mud. We are building a temple or whatever it is that we are working on. If I am uh, an accountant working with people on their taxes, I can be a healer in that position, helping people understand where their money goes and how they can be secure financially mm -hmm. and how they can work to have their best secure life here. I can be a healer in that position. I don't, it's more than just being an accountant. Right. right. And the same way is true. I love this poem by D.H. Lawrence, We Are Transmitters. And he says that as we live, we are transmitters of life. And if as we work, we transmit life into our work, then life still more life rushes into us to compensate and and we ripple with life through the days and he goes on to say it doesn't matter if you are um, baking bread or or making a stool that what we are doing is we are kindling the life quality where it was not and he ends he says even if it's only in the whiteness of a washed pocket handkerchief and what I love about this is the emphasis about this is our life now. Mm -hmm. This is the life that we have now. And every moment of it is ours to infuse with life and to infuse with the best that we can have to give in that moment. Mm. Yeah, that's a great, great quote. 
I'm, I'm picking up if we spend too much time with the self, uh, with the past lives, we lose some of our self-empowerment. Yes, I think so. The, the present is what we have. Right. And even when I talk about my, quote, past life, mm -hmm. when I was at home living with my parents, when I was in elementary school or when I was in college, mm -hmm. those are past lives within this life. That's right. a concept from Michael Brulette, which is very, very useful mm -hmm. because we can leave behind what was unpleasant and awful. I don't have to let an experience in my childhood influence me 40 years later in a, in a negative way and leave me mired in the past instead of being present in my present. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. No, thank you. That was great. Very interesting, Ms. Wand. You gave us some new perspective. That's for sure, really. Thank uh, you. It's always interesting to talk with you, Carol. Oh, thanks. Thank you, Wanda. Really, thank you. No, well, that was fascinating. Well, you have been listening to Wanda Buckner, the founder of Healing Energy Services. Um, and we thank you, Wanda. And we thank you listeners for, for being there. And my name is Carol Olivia and the show is The Matter of the Heart. Thank you. <laughs>